Hi everyone, my name is Msiwe Shajayo. I am a career coach and founder of Black Women in the Workplace. Black Women in the Workplace has been created to help Black women navigate race and gender bias in the workplace, uh, position themselves for leadership positions, and be effective as leaders in the workplace. In today's video, I want to talk about powers and centers of powers or domains of, of powers as Patricia Collins, Call them in his in her book Black Feminist Politics. I think that's what it's called, um, because I'm realizing that um, the key to the emancipation or to the freedom or to a great working experience for Black women is is at the intersection of them owning their own power and also at these structures of power, these domains of power changing. However, black women cannot wait for these domains of powers to change. They have to take their own um, freedom, happiness in their own hands. We've just finished a five-day leave your soul-crushing job challenge um, where we had women who were tired of, of, of being in the jobs that they wanted or who had just find, found new jobs. And, and didn't want to feel as powerless as they used to be in the previous jobs that they had. And what we've been finding is that all most of these women, or all of these women felt like they couldn't be themselves in these workplaces and they felt disempowered. Microaggression was a big one. And just this feeling that they don't have power over their own lives. And uh, we determined in that um, challenge that the trick is really we can't wait for the workplaces to change. We need to change. And when we change, we will influence change or will leave workplaces that um, don't allow us to thrive as Black women. So what are these power structures according to... Uh, Patricia Collins. So she says that they are at the structural, discipline, hegemonic, and interpersonal level. So what is the structural? So structural is at the government level. The laws that are created, um, the policies, um, even how um, um, even how people, where people live, what. Um, what services do they have access to because of where they live? Um, and in South Africa, there's so much. I mean, there was a big issue around uh, fees must fall. The very expensive nature of education in South Africa and how um, the National Student Financial Aid is not aff affordable to many Black women, to many Black people. It's not accessible to some Black people because of the requirements. Uh, the missing middle who might not always um, qualify for these things. Um, housing, where Black people are housed and how that um, impacts on the amount of household income that is spent on transport if people are, are still living in um in 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 for in 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 former locations where black people in south africa were put far away from um up from centers of economy uh, 
issues like the child support grant where people are, have issues with this child support grant and how it's found to actually help a lot of young women find their feet i mean even issues around um gender-based violence rape and and how that affects women uh, in a, a non-access to um, services like abortion or not enough access or even the way women are treated when they try to access those services because they affect what they're able to do with their lives so at the structural it's that and although it seems like black women are doing well like policies are for them there are so many um challenges that they have to face before they get there issues even issues around um black tags the fact that the government is not doing enough to ensure that the economy has jobs. So the few that work have to carry the burden of all the people that can't find jobs. And I think that in South Africa, there is a big conversation around reparations that we're not even getting into. And I believe that black people who are working end up paying those reparations, uh, end up um, carrying the, the burden of the lack of reparations that should have been paid to black people. If people can, if the former president who died, um, President Declare, can acknowledge that apartheid was wrong and um, it shouldn't have, have happened, how can then the discussion just end there? What about, then if you agree that you've done something, someone wrong, why can't we talk about reparations? So issues of the fact that when the, 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 when, when we were transiting to transitioning to the government of national unity and the, and the democracy in South Africa, economy still, um, the, the the negotiation ensured that economy still stays in the few um that were previously advantaged because of the of the political structure that we had in south africa so all of those things still impact on black women in terms of the opportunities that they have and also um how far they're able to um, achieve and be able to immerse economic advantage for themselves and then the second one is at the discipline discipline level and there she's she's talking about institutions and this is where we talk about workplaces so even though there are laws that are saying um transformation needs to happen in south africa and you need to report on the um the number of black women or black men or you know the transformation in leadership positions south africa is not doing well these companies are not even reporting and those who are reporting the figures are dismal change is really not happening at a fast rate, at any rate, it ha it's happening at a small, it's the snail rail rate, and 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 sadly, the perception looks like things are changing. I mean, in LinkedIn, every day we hear that this woman has been appointed there, and this woman is appointed there, <clears throat> which makes it look like change is happening, but it isn't. The 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 figures that the Commission for Employment Equity 
um, commission reports every year, <laughs> dismal every year. Like there is, go look at that report. Look at the past three years. It's sad. It's embarrassing. And then, and then there's lament for a week, and then we move on. This is untenable. And um, and there's also this issue that we're not talking about about when these black women are appointed in these leadership positions where tokenism still continues where they still don't have power where they're not respected where they, they don't have access to the support and the networks that um other people have where they suffer microaggression every day in these positions there was a uh, paper around the uh high um Heightened overrate of black leaders in organization, and um, what is being said is that because there's so there's a, a demand for black leaders, and they can make so much money. But the true fact is that companies are not willing to pay black people and black women the same that they are paying um, white their the white counterparts, and they don't give them the support. They token them. And when these black people speak up about issues that they're not happy with, um, and then they're not treated well. It's like, it's, it's not a safe place. It's almost war on black women in these white places, in these white dominated spaces. And then there's also the issue of policies. Like you can create all these policies um, and not apply them equally. Uh, often you find that certain policies apply to black people and they don't apply to other people. I mean, go to corporate South Africa, the most educated, the people who meet the criteria for these positions are black people in terms of education and qualifications and experience. And um, the, the white people would probably not have a degree, but will be sitting in that position because they've been there forever or they're someone's relative, like the policies are not implemented the same. And then there's also an issue of culture. So there are cultures that are very, there's a lot of microaggression in the whole culture. The way um, people are talked to, you know, just, just the very um, capitalist, very racist, way that people are treated in these companies and that is not talked about enough and we can take photos and um and have our appointments being celebrated but at the end of the day what is the day-to-day -day experience of these black women in these places and then the hegemonic is on their ideology point of view how are women looked looked at how are women considered in in society? Are black women considered um, as leaders? Are they looked at as leaders? If if the only black woman that you interact with, um, people you see in your grocery stores and in restaurants serving you, and as your um, as your domestic, do you really think you can treat black women that you work with with that? with the respect that is accorded to them. 
the, the, the prejudice and the bias that these black women are faced with, even when they are in these positions. Um, someone speaks about the honeymoon that these black women go through when they're just being appointed and are photos and you're celebrated. Uh, and you're celebrated only if you act in a certain way, only if you are um, working according to the status quo, only if you shrink yourself to fit within um, the the idea that those people have of you. Once you start questioning things, then the bullying comes out. So the ideation level in terms of the, the ideology level, in terms of really um, how are black women seen? Are they really seen as equal counterparts um, in these workplaces? And even issues around the home, um, in-laws, husbands, parents, are black women ever seen as equal leaders um, anywhere? Um, I mean, we talk about uh, the unpaid work at home where black women have to come back home and still be the magodi and still be the wife and still have to start shift too and do most of the work that is also at the idea level then the interpersonal level is is your own life and how you see yourself and the people that you interact with um we spoke in the um in the workshop around how we grew up um how the girl child in african societies is looked at even around being the pillar of the home, being expected to be more responsible than your brothers, being expected to be the strong black woman that everybody runs to, uh, being expected to stay at home until you get married, even though you work far, you know, um, all of those things, being married, think relationship, how you define yourself or how you are defined around relationships, um, the expectations or the fear that if you're too successful, then you, you, then you won't get married. And if you're not married, you're not successful. It doesn't matter even if you're married. And uh, the power play between husbands and wives, all of those things impact on, on, on black women and how then they allow themselves to be more successful in workplaces. And as I said in the beginning, I hope this is the take that I said that, that the the power is in black women finding their own power and defining who they are and who they want to be and really owning their strengths. And that's not easy because you are dealing with um, loads and loads of conditioning that you have to decondition yourself in order to find yourself, but it is possible. So yeah, thank you for listening. Please follow, like, and subscribe. And if you are interested in the five-day Live Your Soul Crushing Job Challenge, there's another one in February. Um, the dates are going to be announced soon. And we also have an online coaching program called The Reimagined Black Woman in the Workplace. Um, if you're interested in that, please, you can inquire as well. And also have private one-on-one -on -one coaching with black women to help them 
position themselves for leadership positions be effective in that and navigate race and gender bias in the workplace. Thank you for listening.